0: Rumor flies everybody I'm Ryan I'm Josh and I am Greg with Media. today we have a completely new type of episode number one a musical we're doing yes we're doing the (laughs) musical episode we're only doing it nice it's Glee style uh this is our first live episode that we're actually streaming on Twitch right now it's going to be edited down released as a regular episode but nothing's going to be changed aside from me just mentioning that it's live um secondly this is a Misquotes episode which we have never done before we've done famous <clears throat> phrases slang not resting yeah. on our laurels y'all mixing it up and uh <laughs> as before we get into any of that i want to talk about a famous quote or something from the english language and have y'all heard of the buffalo quote i mentioned this on the page yeah we
1: talked about it yeah
0: but greg have you heard the buffalo quote i speed
2: edited the hell out of that and so like i half the time was just listening to make sure that there wasn't a pause or something off so um I probably remember 40% of
0: it at best. So the answer is no (laughs) way to reveal our confidence in your editing skills. Look, man,
2: sometimes, sometimes, you know, when the deadline gets close, you just (laughs) crank it out.
0: Dear listeners, I, we, everyone, we need your help. Uh, there is a famous sentence in the English language that goes Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. That's eight Buffaloes. And, I have a little note on Uh, how that's interpreted because Buffalo can also be, it can be a bison, the city that's in New York. Mm -hmm. It can be the term for bullying something can also be the term for shy. So that being put together, that sentence can easily be interpreted as, let's see, bison from Buffalo that other bison from Buffalo bully themselves, bully bison from Buffalo. However, this is important, everybody. I need you to like, I posted this on Reddit before and I got banned from, I think, shower thoughts, whatever. It doesn't matter. How did you get banned? They don't want the truth. gets banned They don't want the goddamn truth. So it's eleven words, actually. Okay, yeah, because I was counting and I'm like, I count eleven here, but I see what you're doing. Alex from Instant Three and I figured this one out. I don't like him. What you have to do is, you have got to take into account that there is another buffalo. Buffalo flavoring. These buffalo are covered in buffalo sauce. So with my new version, the eleven buffalo one, which is buffalo, 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 buffalo. Right, Mark Buffalo. Figaro. Oh, I got to write to Guinness about this. Um, It's interpreted as this. Buffalo flavored bison from Buffalo that other buffalo flavored bison from Buffalo bully themselves. Buffalo flavored bison from Buffalo. So are you guys on board? Just let me know how we can change the language, okay? I think the answer is Buffalo.
2: (laughs) Can I just say in all... What the hell are we talking about? I literally didn't follow the last three minutes of
1: conversation. It's all right. (laughs) Have you listened to I don't rumor flies?
0: Don't understand what's going on. Does anyone here understand what's going on? I got your right. I'm taking I crazy you. pills. Thank you. <laughs> English is a second language is hard. I know, Greg, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> May we well played. <laughs> so, without much further ado, do we have anything else to mention before we get started with the topics? No?
1: No.
2: Cool. We do have super secret
0: projects, so be on the lookout. Not, oh, actually. No, no, no. no, 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 no. For, Brian, real, Ryan, for real, we have super secret projects. Ryan did
1: mention something about a super secret project on, on the Patreon. Patreon.
0: You're only going to get that if you're on Patreon. And
1: if you don't listen like Greg,
0: apparently he
1: have 40 I caught that. I caught that. Okay, okay.
0: So what I wanted to say is that just as I put a more... I do retor- listen when I edit. As I put a moratorium <laughs> on the animals episodes, where you can't sing that goddamn song by Maroon Five. It's
2: just not animals. I what swear? if we try to gaslight him that like that song never existed and we've never made that joke before?
0: Kind of like the the new Beatles movie coming
1: out. <laughs> So what I'm Yo, saying wait, is... Wait, do you know what oh, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, um, the guy basically wakes up yeah, one, one day who remembers and the everybody Beatles. forgets the Beatles and he fucking starts singing like Imagine and all this other shit. And,
0: and hey he basically you. builds
2: a huge music career playing the Beatles song covers, but he's the only one who knows them.
0: You know, gaslighting doesn't work if you tell me in front of me that you're going to try to gaslight that's me, right? We, we're really good at it. Wait,
1: I thought we'd just dump you in gasoline and light you on fire. Okay, that's and violence. And sit you on the lamp, lamp Call okay. for
0: violence on Twitch. you are going to get banned. <laughs> all right. All right. So all right. <laughs> what we're going to talk about... Is we're going to have famous quotes from lots of famous people that probably never happened. Or we have proof that they never happened. Or maybe they did. They were just taken out of context. Maybe Greg has some true ones. Who knows? But what I do want to say. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Greg ruined the party. Is that if anybody. I don't think I have any true After seeing a quote, like for instance, if I say. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. Abraham Lincoln. If anybody says Michael Scott after that, you are off the show. Can we start with that? Not Michael Skarn. Not Michael Skarsgård either. Is there a Michael Skarsgård? No. an Alexander Skarsgård.
1: There's an Alexander, and then he has another one, and there's oh. like five.
0: All right. So moving into like a couple quotes from our first topic today. Shout out to Go- Chernobyl. <laughs> no, no, not Chernobyl. We're not <laughs> going <laughs> to talk about Chernobyl. It's a good series. I, I know, know. Everybody else good. says it's a good series. It's everybody fun. knows that already. We don't need to promote fun. it anymore. It's fine. They don't need our shout outs. Well, it's over. So Marilyn Monroe, she is going to be our first topic. Known as one of the most famous starlets in Hollywood, one of the most famous sex symbols in Hollywood of all history, probably uh, yeah, Probably ever. Yeah, uh, known for some like it hot, the misfits, and uh, the seven year itch. Also, a philanthropist and potential mistress of JFK. We did not, we're not covering that in this episode. We're just going to cover some famous quotes from Marilyn Monroe because we're kind of going to get like. A little bit heavier with some of the things that we're talking about, I think. Now, this is going to be a pretty light episode. Yeah, I think so, too. But Marilyn Monroe is kind of fun because it is a lot of people you see posting her quotes on Facebook, and I can almost guarantee all of them, of them are, are not, not d- true. from Marilyn Monroe. Right. Not only that, they can be attributed to other people like Lady Gaga. It just changes <laughs> for whoever's popular at the time.
1: Can I? Can I take a stab in the dark here? What, you, for one of the quotes that I'm going to say is? Yeah. Okay. If you can't handle me at my worst, you can't handle me at my best. Ugh.
0: Yes, I'm going to do the full quote, and that's the first one we're talking about. Thank God. And unfortunately, it's the fastest one. So the quote is, I'm selfish, impatient, and a little insecure. I make mistakes. I'm out of control at times and hard to handle. But if you can't handle me at my worst, then you sure as hell don't deserve me at my best. Mm-hmm. I was about to say Michael Scott. But, um, <laughs> but no, that is supposedly a quote from Meryl Monroe. Guess what? There is no direct source saying that she ever said this. I've
1: actually heard that before. I've heard the quote, and then I've heard the argument that, well, you know, she never said it.
0: Not only that, the earliest quotes don't span much past 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, like, became an internet thing, pretty much. And I think a lot of these w- I was- stem from the internet, or even, like, these quotes happen after a lot of the people that we're talking about died, all these people are dead, right?
1: Yes, all of them died. Um, um, I, I wanted to say I I found a lot in my research that a lot of the quotes come from a much more recent time of when they were attributed to people than like something that they might have said and then it kind of got passed on and then all of a sudden when the internet came around, they just gave it to him. It was like something was said and then one day someone's like, yeah, Mark Twain said that.
0: Yeah, well, when it comes to that type of thing, I think it's giving more credence or like loftiness to the quote. Yeah. Because even though it may be good sense, I don't think like people really um, take living people or people of recent histories quotes as well. Like I think right now it could be the Dalai Lama, um, some presidents maybe. And then the Pope. um, The Pope. Yeah. Depending on the Pope. Well, you got to think about though, they're
2: going to make some of their most flowery and like grander language during some sort of speech or something. So it's going to be recorded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. It'd be an interesting thing to, to see which, Famous people right now will be highly quoted in the future as being like a profound quote, rather. Yeah, Michael Scott. But anyway, yes. (laughs) Get out. Get out. So with that being said, moving on to her next quote, we're going to do about four four (laughs) quotes per person because there is a ton for each person that we're covering. Yeah. The more famous you are, the more false quotes you're going to have. The next one is, well-behaved women rarely make history. Oh, OK. I've heard that one. Too. I like yeah, this yeah. one. Yeah, I do, too. Um, and it does speak some truths. And no, Marilyn Monroe did not say that. Um, a lot of people like to paint Marilyn Monroe as like this very like rebellious against Hollywood thing. And I, I guess she was in some senses, but I don't know. She was an activist as well. But I don't think she was filled with all these like extremely profound quotes when she was, you well, know, she was alive. rebellious insofar as like, you know, it's like at a time when
2: such strong sex symbols were like, oh, pearl clutching. Right. But like by the same token, it's sold a lot. So Hollywood kind of let her do whatever she want because she was this controlled in a weird way, it's almost like a red light district kind of thing in entertainment. You know, it's it's you kind of have it contained. You can- and so you let her make all the money for you while still getting to kind of like, oh, you know, she's an exception. And, uh. Uh, uh, yeah, you kind of see selling that. Selling like, the badass imagery. K-pop I today.
1: Ha- I kind of have a, uh, oh, that's a good comparison. There's mm-hmm. another comparison that's actually going, going around kind of bringing it back to sports. There's a big issue right now that uh, ABC is getting yelled at. The Raptors are in the finals against the Golden State Warriors. Okay. And the number one Raptors fan is, according to the internet, is fucking Drake. I thought it was Michael Crichton. No, it's Drake. Um, good guess. <laughs> they the, the little area, by the way, where they watch the games outside the stadium is called Jurassic Park.
0: Which Really? Is yes, That's awesome. Yeah,
1: they, they, they embrace it. But ABC got pretty much yelled at and told, like, stop showing Drake <laughs> so much on TV. <laughs> um, to the point to where they were like, our contract is up in two years with the NBA and we want those rights back. And you were showing him way too much. Like, literally, after every time out, the camera would pan. And, like, the first game, it would show Drake. Uh, To the point where sports betting, like, websites and bookies and everything, were having the over-under on how many times ABC would show Drake.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, (laughs) I thought they were just checking up on his well-being to make sure Drake is still healthy while he's on the side of the court and such. Well, the whole thing I'm getting to is that Drake actually kind
1: of bent the rules a little bit and stepped into the court after the game and stuff like that. And so it it kind of goes back to this. They're kind of, you know, when you're famous, you get away with a little bit more kind of like with Marilyn Monroe, like we
0: were just talking
2: about. It's against the rules to fight in hockey, but they allow hockey, you know, they come up with a thousand justifications, but still technically not allowed.
0: Speaking of famous, all the famous people that listen to us, don't be shy. We told you just to hit us up on Twitter, send us a DM. It's all right. You will stay completely anonymous. We just want that pat on the back. That's, I'm, I I'm, know you're shy about telling us, but we, we will not bite. You're also shy. Twitter. So um it's back to dinner? this quote by <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, back to this quote by Marilyn Rhodes, as a refresher, since we went so far off the tracks. Yeah, my bad. Uh, no, it was all of us. Uh, Well-behaved women rarely make history. This was originally said by, Laure- uh, by Laurel Thatcher Ulrich, a woman's history professor at Harvard University. She originally uh-huh. said this in the journal uh, American Quarterly in 1976, but used seldom instead of rarely when writing about the experience of quote-unquote pious women.
1: Well, this was 76. so This is long
0: after. Yeah. And this yeah. makes a lot more sense in context because it's just like, you know, it goes from being rebellious. I'm a starlet that speaks out to yeah. actually talking about women that were kind of invisible figures at the time, but still played a big part of history, but were not written down in the books. Well, you know? And I
1: think that's kind of the point of the quote, right? Like you get the you basically that's what you take away from it. So she
0: was writing pretty much on what Cotton Mather called them the hidden ones, and they never preached or sat in a deacon's bench, nor did they vote or attend Harvard. Neither, because they were virtuous women, did they question God or the magistrates. They prayed secretly, read through the Bible through at least once a year, and went to hear the minister preach even when it snowed, hoping for an eternal crown they never asked to be remembered on earth, and they never have been. Well-behaved women seldom make history. Against antimonians and witches... Uh, I got antonymians? Yeah, antonymian. There we go. And which is, uh, these pious matrons have had little chance at all. So it's a much more profound quote when you read it from the actual person. Right. But it doesn't pop as much, and you can't put that on Facebook for a little, you know, spark of inspiration, you know? You can't get the likes on, on uh, Instagram with that. I'm all about women's empowerment. It's just like, stop quoting Marilyn Monroe when it's not actually Marilyn Monroe. Uh, for the record, yeah. it's Marilyn Manson. Laurel Thatcher Olick is. <laughs>
2: Come on, how have we not hit that yet? I, that's uh, a good one.
0: <laughs> all the beautiful people. The beautiful people. Uh, <laughs> Laurel Thatcher Ulrich is actually still alive, so, you know, send her, you know, some love, you know? I, I'm sure she has a Twitter, we'll even though her. she's like, I think, 90-something. Send her a tweet. Um, third quote by Marilyn Monroe, supposedly, is, we're all stars and deserve to twinkle. Oh, God, yes, I've heard that. I actually have not heard this one, but apparently it's very popular. Yes. Um, so this is actually a half... I wouldn't even say It's false. Uh, It's a pared-down quote from Marilyn Monroe. And she did say it. uh, It was from a June 13th, 1962 telegram uh, when she was declining a party invitation. And in it she said, Unfortunately, I'm involved in a freedom ride protesting the loss of minority rights belonging to the few remaining earthbound stars. All we demand was our right to twinkle. So that is some of her, like, you know, uh, I guess uh, activism. Yeah. The thing is, when read in, in context, uh, that's not a sentence that you want to start with, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I'm unfortunately protesting minority rights. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I know I get where, <laughs> I get where the intention came from. Uh, yeah, I, I get what she was saying. It's just the way it was where I kind of chuckled that. And it was just like, I can't go to your party because I'm busy protesting.
1: I thought you'd been writing to NASA talking about stars. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> she was Neil deGrasse Tyson's biggest motivation to become an astronomer. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, let's tweet him that, please. He said that he fought for his right to twinkle and he <laughs> twinkled. Him and Michio Kaku just hang out and talk about Marilyn Monroe quotes. (laughs) Nice. Lastly, with Marilyn Monroe, I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Yeah, I hate that one. This has been attributed to multiple people. The alternative is, it's better to be hated for what you are than loved for what you are not. This is also attributed occasionally to Kurt Cobain, possibly due Uh to the conflation with in his suicide note, it's better to burn out than fade away. Right. The last line that he wrote in his suicide Uh note. Um, tragic as it is, Kurt Cobain didn't say that either. The real quote comes from a writer of uh, Nobel Prize winning, or it was a Nobel Laureate Prize winning, I forgot what it goes for writers, um, French writer and self-proclaimed pedophile, uh, André Guide in Autumn Leaves, a collection of his writings was first published in 1950. Can we, can we back up there a little bit? Yes, he was a... Okay, he didn't call himself a pedophile. He called himself... <laughs> A boy-loving pederast in his writing. I didn't want to get into this, but I I just I have to ask. This is why the quote actually does make a lot more sense, as horrendous as it is. In one of his writings, he was trying to uh, discern the difference between the adult-loving sodomites and boy-loving pederasts, which he considered himself the latter. Okay. Hence, it's better to be hated for what you are than loved for what you're not. Like I said, this guy really was okay with himself and apparently enough to write about it and somehow not go to prison for it. I didn't see that part of this I mean, I life, guess but. if it's written like
2: that, you could say, you know, in literature format, you could say, oh, yeah. I'm not. In the same way I could sit here and like rip a bong on camera, but they can't prove it was weed. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. It's like, oh, it was art. It was presentation. You can't prove that. That's what I was taking literally. Alex Jones
0: defense. Yeah. I don't know. But in, this, in the context of Marilyn, I almost prefer it because it's just Absolutely. like, yeah, to all the haters that hate me because they ain't me, Right, um, that type of thing, as opposed to the original. You know what? This is a situation where ignorance is bliss. I, think. I, I agree. I think I, so. <laughs> I, I, think, um, I
1: don't think I wanted to know the origin or the history of it.
0: So that's it for Marilyn Monroe right there. Greg, would you like to get to a little bit further back in terms of historical figure? Oh, little Churchill. I was trying to come
2: up with like a, Oh, Oh, Winnie church. We'll (laughs) do a Winnie church. So fun fact, I found one of the greatest sources ever. It's literally winstonchurchill.org. It's just this giant, like fanboy community of Winston Churchill. Uh, But they actually have like pretty good citations, stuff like that. Not my only source, but a heavy source. Nonetheless, it made my job a lot easier. So um, there's a number of fun quotes in here. One of them you probably never heard. But I just like the context, of so. course. <laughs> but it's a fun one. So uh, it's a history joke. So first one is: if you're not a liberal when you're 25, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative by the time you're 35, you have no brain. Have you all heard this before?
1: No, but I like it. Oh, you haven't it. heard that? That's fun. That's I, I have. There's some heard variation it. of that, yeah. right?
2: If you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain. Like, there's some variation on that. That's right? fun. I like that. Winston, no chill. I like that. Well, yeah. my, that
0: in chat. <laughs> uh, my start about it is that, like, liberal and conservative are very different terms depending where you are. There's a number of problems with this one. So, first off, totally not true.
1: Um, he never said anything like it? No. Uh, oh.
2: From the record, there is no ins- record of anyone hearing Churchill say this. Paul Addison of Edinburgh University made this comment. Surely Churchill can't have used the words attributed to him. He'd been a conservative at 15 and a liberal at 35. And he would have... <laughs> And the thing is, he was directing this at um, a uh, not a former PM. I accidentally forgot to write their rank, but it was another politician that he really respected. And it's like he would have not talked so disrespectively of Clemmy, who is generally thought to have been a lifelong liberal. Clemmy, don't,
0: so, don't talk disrespect so on Clemmy. I should have
2: had yeah, it's my fault. I accidentally dropped that in this source. But the point is that one, it didn't reflect his politics two as you said liberalism and conservatism mean very different things even today in different countries left and right are the proper terms if you're going to go by the scale of
1: you but know, even so that, being yeah. left
2: and right is so relative like yeah. that's the whole problem i won't get into a ramp that's the whole problem with, like the binary nature of trying to make politics that way is that when you go to europe or you go to asia or you go anywhere it's like i think can, the people that care
0: enough get the discerning between the two yeah
2: and so it's like when you even make that joke it doesn't translate yeah and it wouldn't translate in england where it would be
1: the source
0: yeah so
2: it's like it doesn't so there's just a thousand problems with it. It's just one of those things that sounds calling, kind of like, oh, this sounds like something someone wise would say. And uh, that I
1: think that's the big problem with all of these
0: quotes.
2: That's a big problem with Churchill quotes. yeah. If it's snarky or clever, people think he probably said
0: it. I mean, it speaks <laughs> to the, it, it, it's a quote that clearly speaks in the death of optimism or the uh, acceptance of reality, depending on which side of the yeah, of yeah, exactly. So um the other one is the hardest cross I have to bear is the cross of Lorraine
2: which is a jab at de Gaulle in France. So basically someone is asking him about like the hardest stuff he had to do. And he said, basically the hardest job I had to do was carrying France on my back in World War II. I like, and so, um, which I, I loved it because all I want to say is like, I got the team on my back. That's right. I got the team on my back. I carry it. But, uh, <clears throat> basically it, it's this one. I actually kind of liked though, because they actually asked Churchill if he said this. Oh, they did. And it's on camera. Oh. I want. That's why <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, you so, fucking what, so part of what my criteria for picking the quotes was was there an interesting backstory to either debunking it or something like that? Uh-huh. So the first one I just liked because it's an interesting thing about liberalism and conservatism. This one, um, film producer Alexander Corda asked Churchill in nineteen forty-eight during a documentary. Um, and so he says, no, I didn't say it, but I'm sorry. I didn't because it is quite witty and
0: pretty true. <laughs> so, uh, so he basically, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh, you know what he should have just he, said that. He said, Oh, what, 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 what was that quote again? And then he just says it afterwards. Why make like i so cockney. <laughs> it's the only one I can do. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun.
2: <laughs> We're going to get another negative review when I, everyone's
0: from cockney. So, there you go.
2: but, uh, yeah, basically the, the, it, that one's just kind of fun for me. Cause he's like, no, I didn't say that, but I had to carry France on
0: my back.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's true, but I didn't say it, but it's true. He
0: could have made it a quote just by saying it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah, a quick yeah. aside before Greg moves on. I'd like to say we're not condoning Winston Hurt, Churchill right here. He, we know how controversial oh, a figure he discussion. actually is. I think we've mentioned it before. I personally am not the biggest fan of the dude, but still, he's a very famous person with a lot of quotes attributed to him. So. I like
1: Gary Oldman, so I mean, it's fine. No one gets that. Okay.
0: Also, no, we're not doing Hitler quotes, okay? Before anybody in the chat says anything. <laughs>
2: I'm the man who killed Hitler, Adolf Hitler. Oh, God. Um, so, um, nice. So another one is, I don't know if y'all have heard this one, but never quit. Never, never, never
0: quit. Like, this yes. is very emphatic. Yeah. You've heard that before? Yeah. So there's a number That's of versions. the guy at the tobacco shop told me. There you go. <laughs> it's also
2: sometimes quoted as never, never, never give up. Yeah, okay. But the whole point is this repetition of never. Back to your buffalo whatever. Buffalo,
0: buffalo, buffalo, buffalo.
2: <laughs> so both we, of these... Oh, go ahead. Say how many nevers it is. Oh, it's just uh, three. Yeah. So never... Well, never, never quit. Never, never, never quit. Never,
0: never, never quit. Or never, never, never give up. So never, 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 never quit. Okay, so it's still never quit. It, it, it canceled itself out. Just making sure. Because you could oh, have been telling you quit. double negative, right?
1: Did, did you, are you... You went to English school for this? What are you doing?
0: Well, I know how double negatives work. Look at the
2: education over here. Well, this guy get an engineering degree and he's fucking hot shit. So, uh, so basically, no matter what the variation is, it's a misquotation. Um, what he actually said was, it's actually interesting because he does have a quote that's very similar. It's just people for misremembering. So this is actually a misquote, not a misattribution of a uh, quote. Okay, okay. Which if we want to get technical, we're talking about misattributions. What happened yeah. to Mr. Quote? There you go. Um, so... Both are misquotations of what Churchill actually said, which was "never give in, never, 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 except to the convictions of honor and good sense." Um, the last one is—I really hope you all have heard this. I really hope the audience heard this because it's one of my favorite stories. And there's an amazing SNBC comic about it too.
0: Uh, <clears throat> never the- wipe
2: back to front.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's the one that originated that one. So, <clears throat>
2: um, it's the uh, what I affectionately call the "you're drunk." Know your ugly story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay. I know what you're talking about. So the quote is, Winston, you are drunk. And what's more, you are disgustingly drunk. Um, The response, allegedly, this was at a, you know, some grand affair. It's not always positive where it was exactly. But the response allegedly from uh, Winston Churchill after being told he was being drunk and just being disgustingly drunk, he said, My dear, you are ugly, and what's more, you are disgustingly ugly, but tomorrow
0: I shall be sober, and you will still be disgustingly ugly. See, I've heard a variation on this one. Yeah, there's a whole... Uh, the variation that I've heard is somebody called him fat, and he was like... Oh, uh, um, uh, okay. Tomo- uh, like, you know, in a year I may not be fat, but in a year you'll still be ugly. Yeah, I've that was that, the yeah. one I heard. I never heard that one. He also died fat, but you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) I never heard that one. And he was probably still drunk the next day. Let's be real. But yeah.
2: (laughs) So basically um, there is a Churchill quotation expert named Richard Langworth. He claims, I wonder
0: how much money that pulls in. Yeah. Right. right?
2: He claims that one of the prime minister's bodyguards confirmed that this exchange had taken place with Bessie Braddock after the, after the MP had said, Winston, (laughs) you are drunk and what's more, you're disgustingly drunk.
1: That bodyguard. I just, I got a question. Does he say he didn't say it because he was so drunk he can't remember it? <laughs> <laughs> that bodyguard car was Keith Schiller.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but it says, the widely quoted, many experts now believe that most of the retelling of the stories are fictional. Um, oh. I found that on the site that Ryan found called Quote Investigator. Um, oh, they did have the work for yeah. it. They were amazing. They so were the amazing. takeaway is basically for Churchill that there's a lot of snarky, exacerbated, exact exasperated stuff that is attributed to him, but most sites and are citing other sites. Like there's no real primary data, there's no confirmation, um and if anything most people are saying he didn't say these things. Mm-hmm. So, aside from the one where it was just a misquote, uh the rest are just completely misattributed either he didn't say it
0: or someone like it was never said or yeah. else, you
2: know, something like that.
0: So that's kind of the Churchill rundown. Okay. So I guess we'll move on to the next set of quotes in a second. But for right now, we're going to take a break to talk to chat. Woo! All right, Josh, let's move on to your famous person of the evening. Even though it's not even evening, I did it. I'm sorry. Yep, that's you.
1: I'm going to be talking about Mark Twain. We've heard a a lot of different stuff. I was going to be sad. I don't want
0: to hear these quotes be debunked. He He has the best pizza in the city. Does he no. know? Okay, oh, you sorry. gotta mop that up. Leaning, no. Leaning Tower is the best pizza. than Mark Twain. No, don't give me that Theo's bullshit. No, pizza delicious, no, baby. It, it
1: would go to uh, that's amore.
0: Ooh, they I make think a that's good Chicago style, but like I like the thin. They crust, make I mean. they
1: do New York style as well, and it's damn fucking delicious.
0: Okay, well you know, <laughs> well there's an F oh, word. <laughs> everybody's entitled to be wrong, so go ahead.
1: Anyway, um, we all know a lot of quotes from Mark Twain. He said a lot of cool shit. He wrote a lot of cool shit. He did some cool shit. Some not so cool shit. He got Whatever. away
0: with saying some terrible things in his books. He he did.
1: Um. So the first quote that I'm going to be, uh, tackling, which is I know for a fact you both have heard, is it is better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than open it and remove all doubt. Um. I've also heard this attributed to Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Um. So Michael I Scott. actually
2: never. I've actually never heard an attribution. I've just heard the
0: line.
1: I just knew it was like a quote. Oh, I've I've heard it definitely. I probably actually heard it more steered towards lincoln than twain but I, i've heard mentions of both
0: i feel like you can put lincoln or twain behind just about any quote aside from maybe i have a dream and then after that like it's just and of course that's giorno giovanni yeah, or yeah. you know griffith from berserk but um somebody else said it too i just forgot who but um continue i'm sorry uh they so
1: it, but it makes sense though if it goes if you're attributing it to twain or lincoln because i mean they were alive around the same time i mean they, they both did their work around the same time so i mean it, it, it makes sense um there is however no explanation as to why either one of them are given the credit and there is nothing to b- back up the claim other than a game of telephone that pretty much says otherwise
0: were telephones even around then
1: no not yet um the I don't steam know. phone i can't i can't, i don't think it was i don't know when the telephone was invented um was it alexander graham bell did yes. he do that okay
0: also hated deaf people yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Not your target audience. I didn't mean to disarm you right there. Not, not but, your target market. Well, <laughs> I was
2: I, was, I was like, I'm a good joke. Oh, wait, no, that's not a good joke. <laughs> um,
1: the earliest iteration that can be tracked down more than likely goes to a fellow na- named Maurice Switzer. It comes from a book called Miss Goose, Her Book. The publication of the book was in 1907 with a copyright in 1906. So based off of this, Lincoln's out. He'd been dead for damn near close to 50 years. When did Twain get shot?
0: 1910.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, he did um, not get I, shot. Next note that I have, uh, uh, Twain was around, but he was at the tail end of his life and he, he died in 1910. Yeah. So I was getting there.
0: That could have been a deathbed quote right there. It could have been, um, cause he was going to keep his mouth shut forever after that.
1: <laughs> the original phrasing actually goes as follows. It is better to remain silent at the risk of being thought a fool than to talk and remove all doubt of it. So this one goes down as completely false. Um, Twain never said it. But the origin of where Twain gets attributed to the quote comes much, much later. Well, this like, quote
0: pretty much says, don't start a podcast ever. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> it like comes much, much, much later. Like uh, 1953, the year of our Lord. A columnist from Saskatoon, <laughs> Canada, wrote in the newspaper, quote, maybe Mark Twain had something when he said, Second quote? Inside quote? How do, we, how do you distinguish a quote within a quote? Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote? Okay. It is better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than open your mouth and prove it. End quote, unquote. And often, in these cases, it is the informant who feels the fool. End quote. So, yeah, uh, some guy in Canada wrote about this in 1953 and attributed it to Twain for some reason. Was that his full name? Some guy in Canada? Uh Well, it was... I don't have his name. He was literally some guy in Canada. Just just a columnist from Saskatoon, Canada, which I have no idea where it's at. Okay. Fine. That's it. Um, the next one I've heard before, and I just think it's fun, so y'all gonna have to get over it. Whiskey is for drinking and water is for fighting over. Ooh, I like that. I do too. Okay. Have you you heard it? Um, all research uh pointing to this is a no for me, dog. It ain't gonna happen. So, yeah, Twain never said this shit either. And whoever did, though, God bless him, because it's a hell of a saying. It is.
2: That's a very good one.
1: Barbara Schmidt, who edits TwainQuotes.com, which is a hell of a resource for me. um, There was no Marilyn MonroeQuotes.com, by the way. (laughs) She states that this quote should not be attributed to Twain because there's no evidence to back it up. And he never said these words in the first place. So stop giving him credit. Um, what I did find is that, again, the origin of this phrase comes much more later and much more recently than I anticipated. The year of our Lord, 1983. <laughs> um, in April of 1983, the Aberdeen American News of Aberdeen, South Dakota, printed this saying. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sh- uh, oh, so yeah, I want to give a shout out. I have a friend who lives in Aberdeen. They had
0: to attribute it to 20 because nobody believed that anybody from Aberdeen, South Dakota said anything of substance, period. It just I'm, sounds I'm actually, like a
2: dry county. It's probably
0: not. I'm going to check our stats like and one. find out that like, all of South Dakota listens to us and be really embarrassed. <laughs> Aberdeen just sounds like a dry county with like a
2: ton of moonshining.
1: I, uh, I have a good friend of mine that lives in Aberdeen. Um, Scotland, so shout out to him. And I actually have a note in here that Ryan and I have discussed at length that neither one of the Dakotas exist, so I wanted to point that out
0: again. Yeah, Mount Rushmore is not real, and it's all Photoshop. (laughs) That Um, was the first thing that Adobe made to to present Photoshop at their first um, investors meeting.
1: So, um, the the guy who said this quote originally attributed to Twain was the Secretary of the South Dakota Department of Water and Natural Resources.
0: Oh, what was his name? Uh, I don't know why i went Canadian for that. but Warren Newfield. Okay, wait. Where did where did Fargo happen? Uh, uh that Midwest. was in Dakota, wasn't it? Super no, no. Was it was uh, Minnesota. Mi- Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. It's still close enough to count, you know. Yeah, I
1: don't remember which town, but was it Fargo? Or do they have cool? milk in a bag? I don't um, so the <laughs> we quote had milk in bags at our school. I remember those. I had those in elementary school. They were cool.
0: I got stabbed in the eye by one because I hit the straw, and then it just popped back up into my eye. Oh. <sighs> yeah. No, I didn't hit the straw. I had the straw in the bag. And then I you tried to do it? like the, the, uh, the blob from uh-huh, heavyweights. Uh-huh. And I did that and boom, right into my eye. Ooh, <sighs> that yeah. sucks.
1: Uh, but anyway, Surgeon Warren Wright Newfield nerd. mentions the quote, but he, actually ne- but he actually never attributes it to uh, Marky Mark here. He says, whiskey, or this is a quote, whiskey is for drinking and waters for fighting. These words were a realism in South Dakota until a few years ago.
0: Okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, um, but also, I don't think you should call him Marky Mark because somebody already has a firm hold on that name. He was here first, though. Yeah, but I don't think anybody called him Marky Mark. You don't know that. You went around then. Uh, Twenty-twan. Call him that. (laughs) Um, And then in the summer of 1983,
1: an issue of the Western Wildlands, a natural resource journal, which is a periodical from Missoula, Montana. So... (laughs) I Dude, I just follow the research here. I follow the breadcrumbs. It led me to South Dakota and Montana. Not a very um, far jump. It is an article titled River Conservation in the 1980s by Christopher Brown was published. And the reason I'm telling you this is uh, a version of the saying was printed in the table of contents and ascribed to Twain. And it was quote as um, it was it was actually the, the actual quote was a uh, whiskey is for drinking waters for fighting for. Um, so the origin of this either comes from South Dakota or Montana. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't really think of Mark Twain when I think of South Dakota. I
0: don't think he wrote about either of those. Um, I think unless a river goes like a very prominent river goes through a certain area, he doesn't write about it. Yeah. Uh, But
1: yeah, so Montana, South Dakota, that's the origin of that. Twain never said it. Uh, This next one, I actually have no sources on. I just want to bring it up because it's a weird little quote. I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, When a child turns 12, he should be kept in a barrel and fed through the bunghole. Until he reaches
0: 16, at which time you plug the bunghole. That's how I was raised. Bunghole is a normal terminology for a barrel. I, I know, I know, but I think of butthole. It, it, it's because of Beavis and Butthead. They started that. Well, of course. Um,
1: so this was also attributed to Twain, but it was never said. And um, it just sounds a little weird. And I just think it's a weird quote. And I just want to know if y'all have ever heard that.
0: No, I haven't. I, I have actually not. don't understand that quote, period. It's basically either. saying get rid of teenagers or something yeah it's weird it's kind of pro-murdery i don't know um oh, kind of wait a minute okay so he's reverse aging the kids he's so Button. you them. should have put them in a barrel until they turn 12 because that's when whiskey stops aging pretty much or that's when it gets beyond aging i think in general yearage you don't see much behind beyond 12 years do you you see a 20 year you can see a 20 year sometimes but 12 is generally when most people will consensus say that that's whiskey at its prime put in a glass bottle so it can't pick up any more of those flavonoids or tannins I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Either way. No, I've not heard that term. And also I think that that's just like it went from Mark Twain being woody to sadist. Yeah, it's weird. Uh-huh. Um, which is it kind of was an
1: outlier of the research I was doing. So that's why I want to bring it up. Um, last one I'm going to cover. The secret to getting ahead is getting started. Okay. You ever heard that?
2: Yeah. Um, Some variation. Of I've that. heard
1: basically you can't run a marathon unless you take the first step or you can't yeah, walk a Yeah, something like mile that. Every journey or, begins with the step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are no valid claims that Choo Choo Twain made this statement. <laughs> I mixed it up for you. Okay, I've marked thank mark you. I actually down. like Choo Choo Twain a lot. <laughs> okay. It might be the name of this Choo episode. Choo Twain. Um, it's like a little kid. The earliest printed source comes from uh, an ad in a newspaper for a bank in Coshocton, Ohio. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know. I don't care about Ohio, um, which was trying to get readers fuck to open the Midwest. a savings account. <laughs> yeah, fuck the Midwest. Um, the The article, the ad in the paper said, "quote Half the game is getting ahead is getting half the game of getting ahead is getting started. Join today and have a lump sum plus a pleased feeling early next December." Which in turn sparked another ad a week later in Massillon, Ohio. Can you say or- that
0: first quote real quick?
1: The original one,
0: yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. The one you just said. The the ad. Yeah. Half the game
1: of getting ahead is getting started. Join today and have a lump sum plus a pleased feeling early next December.
0: So I think they, I think they're meant to say getting ahead. The secret to getting ahead is getting started for a lump sum and a pleasurable feeling. That was a whorehouse. Ooh, it was a bank, bro. It was a bank. It was a bank.
2: Is it sperm bank? Because was
0: there was
1: <laughs> another ad a week later. In Massillon, Ohio, for another bank. Um, so for whatever reason, financial institutions all throughout Ohio decided to hear this quote and run with it and make ads with it. So I don't understand why, but I'm, um, you know, it is what it is. So Twain may have said some variation of these words, but it cannot explicitly be credited to him.
0: Okay. Uh. Um.
1: So that's Mark Twain in a nutshell.
0: Also, I know that we usually have our buckets of you know true or not true but i think for this one you're going to have to take it as a lump sum I guess, or uh, you know the average for even if it's like a pared down quote i think if it's not word for word then no you should not count that for those when we go to our end i'm just going to give it as a whole for those two any of the things that i said Mm -hmm. all right
2: so before we move on i want to say just a quick little shout out actually um it just mark twain made me think of this there's actually an amazing i swear to god this is like i'm being serious there's a snagglepuss comic series that's about uh william faulkner during the um hollywood red scare mm-hmm. and like i just made me think of it because of mark twain and all that but it, it pokes at a lot and like references a lot of famous writers in american literature and I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't read it it's incredible i finished it like a month ago and i'm still like itching I'm, to reread it i'm very invested in the hollywood red scare i was Dude, in a, it is it is like it is so good the the guy who did the guy who did flintstones i don't know if y'all followed that but flintstones got into like crazy social topics about really? like about like what is marriage and like what is socially acceptable if you watch remember. trumbo the it's hollywood it's same stuff movie. it's the same the
1: brian cranston a, film brian yeah. cranston that somebody in rumor flies from rumor movie
0: okay. yes i'm second credit Right, And then Alan Tudyk's right after me. Yeah, he was supposed to go before me. He can have buddy. It's fine.
1: Where's John Goodman fall?
0: Uh, knocking me the fuck over in a deleted scene. And also, I'm not going to get into my John Goodman story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I just wanted to throw that out there because it was amazing. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. So moving on to, I would say, probably my favorite misquoted person of this series, aside from Josh's next one. Um, is none other than the scientist and philanthropist Bill and Nye, the genius science guy? Albert Einstein, the oh. science guy. Oh, okay. And I have four quotes that I'm pretty sure most people have heard from him. Nine, 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 nine. I'm sure he did say that at some point in his. He was German, yes. That's how, that's how he said no. Wait, he was what? What? In his career, <laughs> his life. Well played. Nice. <laughs> Uh, first one, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Wait a minute. I know. I, Josh, just okay. hold, it. hold <laughs> it. Wait a minute. Just hold it. I'm <laughs> sorry. I think I'm shitting on one of your topics solely by covering one of my topics. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry if I cut down the episode time. That's okay. But, um, I, I, Well, it. Well, Um, so
1: here's the thing. I'm curious to see where you land with this and see if
0: I get the same answer. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Let's go with that. Uh, First one. No, Einstein did not say this. There is no record of him saying anything of this sort. I'm going to spoil this. Benjamin Franklin didn't say it either. It's a a very, very profound statement, and I like it very much. I think it has a lot of sense in it, but I think it makes more sense in the two sources that, well, actually one of the sources that I'm going to be uh, citing Um, The earliest source found was from one of two things. The first one is a book called Narcotics Anonymous by the uh, advocacy advocacy group or recovery group Mm -hmm. known as Narcotics Anonymous um, that was published in 1983. And it makes a lot of sense for something when it comes to recovery. Uh, It also comes from somebody named Rita Mae Brown's book, Sudden Death, which which was also published in 1983. Narcotics Anonymous was published posted, it was actually published in April, but I couldn't find a month for, uh, 19. This is the first time on the podcast that a visual aspect can be actually <laughs> recognized. Yes, Josh.
1: I have the actual pamphlet it appeared in.
0: Okay. I love that. The it was nice. See, Josh. Let's going. cover it. It was 1981. <laughs> it was 1981. <laughs> was it was in Narcotics Anonymous or was, yes. okay. So they published it in a pamphlet, then in the book, I guess. Yes. Everything I've been able to find is from the book. I'm glad you were able to find that. So let's give it to Narcotics Anonymous instead of, uh, Rita Mae Brown. It wasn't her and it wasn't Albert Einstein and it wasn't Ben Franklin, but especially not Einstein right now. Cause this is my topic, Josh. I'm sorry, but I think it's, I
1: think it's fun that we finally had a crossover like that. It's just like the, the bells and whistles started going ahead. I'm like, wait a
0: minute, red light. No, 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 we're not doing this. I covered this, but yeah, okay. It, it, the funny part is that if, uh, Einstein and Ben Franklin had a fistfight over who originated this quote. It would still end in a sudden death. So, you know, there we go. Um, that didn't hit as well as I expected, but, you know, it's fine. This is the this is the workshop right now. Uh, second quote by Einstein, and this is also a callback, but it is piggybacking off of a previous topic that we did. Albert Einstein supposedly said, the average human only uses 10% of his brain. Oh, go Fuck yourself, Albert. <laughs> now, I will say right now that we have covered this in our one and only Brain episode, which I do hope we return to eventually. We've only done one? Yeah, we've only
1: done one. What season was that? Pop quiz. Two. I don't remember.
0: Uh, I, just going you with two. Can, you can make up a number. Yes. <laughs> um, so this has uh, inspired many people and pseudoscientists and, you know, uh, expand your mind thinkers and also the movie Limitless featuring Bradley Cooper. And uh, Lucy. Uh, oh, yeah, Lucy Isn't that well. the one you really grind your axe on last time we talked I about this topic? I grind my axe on Lucy because it is... <laughs> Stupid? ...ripping so hard from the anime, the anime, known as Elfin Lead, which is oh, amazing, yeah. and the manga is even better. doesn't matter. I shouldn't be talking about that. I said that in the previous episode. Also, However, Jack Nicholson. I have Robert extra uh, information. I don't believe I talked about the origin of this actual quote. And okay. the earliest tr- tracing I could find of it uh, was from a self-described mentalist illusionist and entertainer not joe bluth it is a man named craig Carges. Carges k-a-r-g-e-s so uh this guy apparently said was he, um, was
1: he in the magicians Alliance?" Uh,
0: apparently he is one of those like guys that does the big corporate loop for like you know corporate you know presentations and shit like that to like give inspiring quotes and he said what kind of accent should i get for this where's he from I don't know, Craig Carjes, what do you think? Too Cockney. Okay. <laughs> so, we normally... <laughs> <laughs> fucking Michael Kane it up. We, we normally use only 10 to 20% of our minds. <laughs> think God of how damn. differently your life would be <laughs> if you could utilize that other 80 to 90% known as the subconscious mind. Anyway, that's the guy that's the earliest tracing of saying that. Also, it's completely not fucking true. So, um... Master Bruce, that, are you, you done? God. Are you happy? Thank you. Um, it's not from Einstein. It's not even from somebody remotely as famous as Einstein. and It's not even remotely true. We've talked about this. There's lots of parts of the brain. And not, it just it doesn't work, okay? Not only is that fact true, the quote was not from Einstein. Moving on. We've got two more.
1: And I, the last one is a candy. So that one wasn't attributed to Ben Franklin. But I'm going to say Ben Franklin didn't
0: say that one either. Okay. So we'll we'll defer that one once we get to you. Okay. Guess what? We're covering Franklin after <laughs> Einstein, everybody. Um everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want. I'm going to read that one again just so you can interpret it a little bit better. Everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency to the reality you want. I don't like it. It doesn't sound like it's, an Einstein quote. Yeah. It's very metaphysical <laughs> hippy dippy wishy washy bullshit. Um however it's based in Doesn't some science. It's based in some science but it's taken way out of context. And this is like once string theory came out all the metaphysicists yeah. and free thinkers were just like, "Ooh, I can take advantage of this and like talk about the vibrations and you have to like, you know, I'm going to write a book. Match your vibration to your thought process." You know, even the secret talks about that type of stuff. Once again, no evidence that Einstein said this. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. Repeat that, even The Secret talks about this? Yeah. Are you referring to the book, The Secret? Yeah. I own that book. I haven't read it yet.
0: Well... Just don't.
1: Um, so the it, oh, it's it, not good.
0: It's part of like you know, it, it has good things. It's it's a self help thing. It's they just, they you made know, a they made a movie out of it too. That's why positive I was thinking brings it into reality. That gotcha. type of thing. It's gotcha. matching your energies and your frequencies together. Oh, that's it's that type of thought. I'm gonna throw it away when I get home. I'm gonna get some hate mail for that one. Don't throw it away. You don't have to. I mean, it is good for some people. I'm okay is with self help as long as it isn't harmful. Is that is Self-heart. that one of
1: those books that like when people see it on my bookshelf they're like ooh he's smart because then I'll keep it.
2: Honestly,
0: yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna slip. Uh, Jerry Sandusky's book on your shelf. Oh my god! You wrote a book? It's called Touched. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Are you serious? It's a, I swear to God. That is Jerry Sandusky. Is it Dustin. first person? It is. It is his. It is his biography. And I'm pretty sure he had, like it was obviously like some sort of ghostwriter or something like that. But it's his I approved would, autobiography. I would love to read
1: that. I find that fascinating.
2: I just I I'm just, just because name, I want to know what the fuck it was went after, on. It was also after what happened. So that's why I'm a little surprised at the title. Do you want details? No, 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 no. But I want to know. I think he's probably focusing more on his. I, that the other side of his story. Well, career. so what
1: I want to know is a I want to know the behind the scenes behind this is going off topic here just strap in. I want to know the behind the scenes of Penn State football that he had going on. I want to know more about Joe Paterno and like how much he alleges how much involvement he had uh-huh. because to this day, we're in 2019, I'm time stamping it, I still think Joe Paterno died of a broken heart. Possibly. I still thoroughly believe that with everything inside.
0: I also think that I think that the sequel of "Touched by an Angel" "Touched by an Assistant Coach" would have been better than the oh movie. The, the book just touched. Well, the My dad in "Touched That's by an Angel" cut. was Doing touching
1: touching shit. What? The dad in "Touched by an Angel" was touching people. That was a real thing. <laughs> For live. <laughs> I'm not making things up. I it's know. in the news.
0: Take the doll and show me where he touched you. Whatever. Show us on the drill dummy. <laughs> Oh, God. So anyway, uh, the the earliest found source, funny enough, is from an April 2000 post on Bashar.org. April what? 2000. April what? Just April. Uh Uh-oh, Josh. I'm sorry about that. They said no. That was seventh heaven. No, no, no. I don't need to go for April 1st. Okay. That's what I'm just making sure. Because it's from Bashar.org. And if anybody knows uh, deep in the weeds of Blurry Photos originally... Bashar is a very famous thing on there. Uh, I would suggest you check out the channeling episode of Boyfos. It might still be in the archives. It might not be in iTunes now. But...
1: Ooh, ooh. That's what I should have done. Free plug here. Fucking quiz, quiz, bang, bang. That
0: shit's fun. Shout yeah. out
1: David Flora and Annie Flora. You know
0: what? I texted him last night being like, what's your Bashar episode? And it's like, I don't even know. So, I'm yes, quiz, quiz, bang, bang. New podcast. Listen to it. I listen to it all the time. My wife and I, like, we... we... Play and like guests and stuff like that. I'm terrible, but it's fun. You motherfuckers still need to come out with me to trivia on Monday nights. So anyway. When I'm not working on Monday night, I will. Um, so this was this quote, uh, Everything is energy, that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, was attributed to Bashar, a spirit that loves you, that was channeled by a man named Daryl Anka, the main subject of the website and the owner of the website. Um, this was taken this. And it was quoted originally afterwards to Einstein because it was taken the idea that um, Einstein did in fact popularize the concept that mass and energy are equal, um, yeah, making okay. then this made way Makes for sense. the implementation yeah. of nuclear energy and uh, actually breaking my first uh, preconception now misconception. Einstein was not directly involved in the Manhattan Project. Uh, to make the, nu- the first uh, no, atomic bomb. he was involved in a lot of the theory that went he into He laid
2: right. the groundwork yeah.
1: by far. And and I just kind of want to... He like came and met with them and said, like, you can make this. I want to <laughs> pause right there when you talked about <laughs> energy and matter. Matter, It's E equals mc squared.
0: The the equation everybody knows. I yes. just want to point that out. Yes, mass times the speed of light squared. Uh, So, we're going to go ahead and go to the last quote, which is my favorite, and I have a little special thing set up for us here. Oh, <laughs> This quote is evil is the result of what happens when the man does not have God's love present in his heart. It's like the cold that comes when there is no heat or the darkness that comes when there is no light. This is very religious and kind of out of context for Einstein. I'm going to straight up tell you all right now. He did not say this. This is from a 1999 chain email that still resonates today, and they do they do a lot of things, I think, and, you know, I'm not going to dog on religion or anything like that, but I will say it is not serving anyone when you take a person that didn't say something and say they said it just to prove your point of, like, this genius Einstein uh, had so many astute and, like, deep you know, mentions about God and evil and the nature of man versus really... like, like Stephen Hawking,
2: who was like, he was pretty religious. Wasn't he?
0: No, Stephen Hawking. No, no not Hawking.
2: I'm mixing him up. Sorry. Um, you're thinking of Joel Stein? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hawking. That was, um, Never mind. I'm, I'm off base. Are go you ahead. talking
1: about it? Like a famous scientist?
0: Yeah, but I'm off base. Just go. So <laughs> the, the earliest, uh, the earliest, account of this quote comes from a 1999 chain email which we are going to read right now Greg you will be the narrator you are in green Josh you are in blue as the professor and I will play every student involved what's my accent <coughs> uh, you're the narrator so just be, uh, be NPR, uh, give, yeah, NPR, me NPR. Voice. give me NPR, NPR. Yeah. and Josh give me your astute British you do a pretty that good that, like Winston Churchill Wilford that type of voice <sighs> you do that one pretty well alright so let's go
2: does evil exist the university professor challenges students with this question.
1: I'm so hard, so hard to take it seriously. Start over a little louder.
2: Start, <laughs> start over a little louder. Does evil exist? The university professor challenges students with this question. Did God create everything that exists?
1: Something like Nixon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of threw a monkey at Janet. A student bravely
1: replied,
0: "Yes, he did.
1: God created everything." The
2: professor asked, "Yes, sir." the student replied. The professor answered,
1: If God created everything, then God created evil since evil exists, and according to the principle that our works define who we are, then God is evil. The
2: student became quiet before such an answer. The professor was quite pleased with himself and boasted to the students that he had proven once more that the Christian faith was a myth. Another student raised his hand and said, Can I ask you a question, Professor? Of course, replied the professor. The student stood up and asked, Professor, does cold exist?
1: I like the German accent. What kind of question is this? Of course it exists. Have you ever been cold?
2: (laughs) Someone said new jar jar and I was trying to do it. I can't. (laughs) The student snickered at the young man's question. The young man
0: replied. In fact, sir, cold does not exist. According to the laws of physics, what we consider cold is in reality the absence of heat. Every body or object is susceptible to study when it has transmitted energy, and heat is what makes body or matter have transmitted energy. Absolute zero, parentheses, negative (laughs) 460 degrees Fahrenheit, in parentheses. Is the total absence of all heat. All matter becomes inert and incapable of reaction at that temperature. Also known as zero Kelvin, I put that in my own thing. Uh, Cold does not exist. We have created this word to describe how we feel if we have no heat. The student continued. Professor, does darkness exist? The professor responded. Of course it does. The student replied, Once again, you are wrong, sir. Darkness does not exist either. Darkness is in reality the absence of light. Lights we can study, but not darkness. In fact, we can use Newton's prism to break the white light into many colors and study the various wavelengths of each color. You cannot measure darkness. A simple ray of light can break into a world of darkness and illuminate it. How can you know how dark a certain space is? Sorry, I'm breaking. (laughs) You measured the amount of light present. Isn't this correct? Darkness is a term used by men to describe what happens when there is no light present.
2: Finally, the young man asked the professor. Sir, does evil exist? Now uncertain, the professor
1: responded. Of course, as I have already said. We see it every day. It is in the daily example of man's inhumanity to man. It is in the multitude of crime and violence everywhere
0: in the world these manifestations are nothing else but evil to this the student replied evil does not exist sir or at least it does not exist unto itself evil is simply the absence of God it is just like darkness and cold a word that man has created to describe the absence of God God did not create evil evil is not like faith or love that exists just as light and heat Evil is the result of what happens when man does not have God's love present in his heart. It is like the cold that comes here when there is no heat or the darkness that light comes when there is no light.
2: The Professor sat down. I have to unhighlight this because Ryan wanted to keep this last line. God damn it. Ryan wanted to keep this line. Oh, that young man's name. Albert Einstein. <laughs> that is where the fucking <laughs> meme originated from. I love it. So, Long story basically, it yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Einstein didn't say this Somebody Oh, no, but just, like, for people who didn't follow, like, because you were using a big accent, basically, a professor and him have it out, and he's saying, like, oh, you know, there is no God. And he's like, oh, well, there is no heat either. There I mean, is there no is no cold because there is no, no darkness. darkness there, there is no darkness. God. There's only no the absence of yeah. light. And he's like, without evil, there can, I mean, without God, there can be no evil. So there must be a God God. created
0: everything. So therefore there can be no absence since everything does include absence. So So basically
2: the stupid chain email attributing Einstein to basically saying like God is real because science,
0: but that's not like, there's so many problems with this. You know what? Let's put the end in this one. Instead of Albert Einstein, let's just scratch that Ben Shapiro. (laughs) There we go. Facts don't care about feelings. Yes. Let's get back into it. And I believe it is Josh next. Yep. I'm going to be talking
1: about Benjamin Franklin.
0: Benjamin Franklin.
1: Yep. Uh, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, Benny Frank's. <laughs> Benny F. Huh? Benny F. Baby.
0: <laughs> Benjamin Franklin told me to fly a kite so I could catch the lightning and keep it in a bottle. What is that from? The light bulb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: first quote: "Treason is a change invented by winter." I'm. Just, I, let's start that over. I <laughs> fucked that up. <laughs> <clears throat> Treason is a charge invented by winners and an excuse for hanging the losers. I like that. It's fun. I do like it. Um, This one is very easy to track down, and I found the origin. Uh, This was indeed said by Dr. Benjamin Franklin himself, but not that Benjamin Franklin. Who was he hanging? No, no, no. He wasn't hanging nobody. It comes from uh, as recent as 1972, in which there is a musical... Titled "1776," which Howard <laughs> da Silva playing Benjamin Franklin actually speaks the line. Okay. Um. So yes, you can actually attribute this to Benjamin, a Benjamin Franklin, Franklin, but
0: not that Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was channeling Benjamin Franklin's uh, maybe corpse. Maybe so. Maybe he had a Ouija or board. Ghost. Set, or you don't whatever. channel corpses. You channel ghosts, right? Whatever. You can channel a corpse. You dig hard enough. I mean, you have to do what? Huh? What? Uh, okay. Digging
1: joke. <sighs> Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb con- contesting the vote.
0: Say that one, again. Say that like one a- again. I want to can- interpret that a little bit more.
1: Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote.
2: Okay. i actually kind of like that. I'm just imagining a lamb with like a chain gun on its back.
0: Fucking. Who, who's that lamb back in there from the kids? I think of Worms World Party where they have like the, the exploding
1: sheep. Who was the lamb back in the day? It was like a lamb doll. I remember it. Lamb chops. I should have left you on the line much longer Uh, for that one. Thank you. Uh, That's terrible. Uh, This one's quick and dirty. I have heard the first part of the quote, but never the second part. So I've heard democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. I never heard the part about um, a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Um, So... Did Franklin say this? Well, a lot of people attest him attest this to him saying it around the signing of the uh, Declaration of the Ind- of Independence, or the DOI, if you want to shorthand it. But, I think um, you're the first person to ever
0: shorthand I the love
1: Declaration it. of Independence.
2: <laughs> famously stolen in the documentary National Treasure. <laughs>
1: um, I, they say that this is like a little nugget and little word of wisdom he gave him while being a badass sign in the Declaration of Independence. Well, um, it is not found in any of his known writings, and uh. <laughs> Fun fact: The word "lunch" is now is not known to have appeared anywhere in the English language until what? the eighteen twenties.
0: What do they call before that?
1: Supper. I don't know.
0: No, seriously, did they not have three meals? I, I supper, supper, and supper. <laughs> Wait, but what about second breakfast? <laughs> what about noonsies? Um, they called it noonsies. They, maybe, That's hey, what I it like was.
2: That. Um. So yeah, it didn't the word lunch didn't appear. I was appear... not actually making an insightful comment. I'm actually <laughs> I'm very excited that was correct. We're going like with that. that. I'm very excited this is correct. I, it Look is up now. okay,
1: fact checker Greg. What is the old word for lunch? Yeah. Um so lunch didn't appear in the English language until the 1820s, which is a long time after Benjamin Franklin died. I believe he died in 1790 ish. Sure. Um the phrasing itself is also very modern and has a modern tone and the second second sentence especially uh, might not even be as old as the internet what yeah that's what the conclusion that people came to um and at least in my research so yeah ben Franklin didn't say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result i actually really like the quote um did you find an answer what the i'm getting all kinds old of old about it
0: kind of there's debates really. about the the word well it depends lunch. on when you're
1: talking about like there's
2: there it is the abbreviation for luncheon it's uh I'm getting stuff about like the last iteration. which uh, people had a repast during the day. The uh,
0: last iteration of Land Before Time will be the word before lunch. So, <laughs> is Spike still in it? Yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> the first <laughs> word he ends up saying is lunch. And that's it. Um, the that movie ends. That's amazing. Hugh Comet. Finn, roll credits. So, yeah, in the
2: Middle Ages, dinner was the main meal, which was after work in the morning. Like it just, it just changes all so it's the So it was dinner place. and supper or some shit yeah, like that? Yeah, I'm looking for. Um, so, like. 19th century. With the onset of industrialization in the 19th century, male workers began to work long shifts at the factory, severely disrupting the age old eating habits of rural life. So it looks like there's some sort of correlation. This is just straight off Wikipedia. So
1: there's more source. to it. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, well, it's different countries, different cultures, blah, blah, blah. So oddly enough, I have in my notes that this quote has been attributed to Twain, uh, Einstein, and Franklin. So. Other famous people who say smart shit have gotten credit for this. Okay. Um, the origin here is much better than I could have anticipated because, well, like you mentioned, it was from the November 1981 pamphlet in Narcotics Anonymous. So we had the agreement that Narcotics Anonymous probably did that. Yes, this. you said 1983. I have the pamphlet from November 1981. Show it to me. I, it's in the show notes. Go look at it. No, no, hold up the physical copy. No, it's in the show notes. You can you can do it. Um, the actual quote is the price may seem higher for the addict who prostitutes for a fix than it is for the addict who merely lies to a doctor, but ultimately both pay with their lives. Insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. There have been other iterations of the quote that have said something similar, but the actual quote is, is pretty recent, 1981. Um, so you can say with confidence that Einstein, Franklin, Twain, none of them said it. Okay. Um, Pull it up though. It's actually it. It's time stamped uh, or date stamped, whatever. Stamped. I will dates there. I will eighty one November. Do it. Uh, And the last one I'm going to cover is, politics is the art of the possible. I just really like this quote. Hmm. So I I did try to go with some that I've heard, but I tried to pick like one or two that I'm like I read it. I'm like, that's pretty good quote. I don't care who said it. I like it.
0: I mean, considering that he has literally a book that's all his quotes. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah.
1: Um, I also really like the origin of this, too. So that's another reason why I picked it. So, repeat um, it one more time before we get into it. Politics is the art of the possible. Okay. So, when I read this, I'm like, I remember seeing something where, like, Benjamin Franklin said this. I don't remember what form of media it was, but I remember it. And then I did a little research and I remember the exact media where I recognized it from. Uh, it turns out it was, uh, I nailed it because it was in the HBO miniseries, John Adams. Oh, really? Where Ben Franklin says it inside the show. Yeah. The John Adams miniseries.
0: So you just have a compendium of people that played Ben Franklin saying it. The at, saying shit point. and people yeah. just give it to Ben Franklin. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if anyone
1: hasn't seen John Adams, by the way, starring Paul Giamatti, go check it out.
0: Have also, you seen John Adams? I'm yeah. going to put that on posters around like the, I'm going to put it on power poles and everything. That would have been say. a
1: really great marketing campaign.
0: <laughs> Who is John Adams?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, also starring Andrew Scott. I like him as Moriarty. Shoot me. That's Michael Scott's uncle, right? Yes. Nephew, other way. Um, Adam Scott's dad. <laughs> which which Adam Scott?
0: Oh, he invented Scott paper towels. Which right? which Adam no, Scott no, though? The actor or the golfer? Tape. There's a golfer named Adam Scott. Smoking hot Adam Scott. Absolutely. I thought they were the same person. <laughs> no. Oh, there's
2: nothing smoking hot about golf. Yeah, I, I, I golf, will bro. I will agree with Greg on that. One. Um.
1: Okay. The origin of the actual quote though. Uh they say it's Benjamin Franklin because of the miniseries, it's Golf's not, fine. it comes from Otto Van Bismarck from an interview that he did in August of
0: 1867. Okay. So why did he get it instead of Franklin? I don't know. He gave it to a newspaper talking about some shit. Wise old dead guy pretty much all the same person essentially. Pretty much. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's you for you. That's it. So we have some honorary mentions with just kind of like one liners that Greg is going to take over before we round this episode out. Word. It so, puts the uh, lotion on the skin. <laughs> Indeed. Oh. So
2: um, one is Marie Antoinette, Let the Meat Cake. Um, I actually just kind of wrote oh, this one out. I like that one. Yeah. I just wrote this one out. History, the History Channel actually has some good stuff on this. but um, History
0: Channel has fucked up some information, by the way. Almost uh,
2: definitely. But I, did, I confirmed with other places too. So anyway, um, the Let the Meat Cake story had been floating around for years before 1789. It was first told in a slightly different form. By the way, this is not all quotation. I wrote some of this. That's right. I know how to write. Well, what's the origin? What's quick? Quick?
0: Because you're not giving the context. Well, I, was, of
2: oh, I apologize. You're right. I just assumed everyone knew it. So Let the Meat Cake is the idea that during the french revolution or at least leading up to it um when the peasants were starving in the streets and there was political matters being discussed and it was brought up like they're riding in the streets they're being they're hungry it's the reportedly marie antoinette said let them eat cake which is seen and they as they're out of bread yeah like they're it, it's more than just that's right i guess the the, the more specifically up said, said they, the, the peasants have no bread to eat and she said let, let them, them eat, eat cake. cake and the idea thanks for catching that ryan so basically the idea, though, is to show the out-of-touch aristocracy, to show that they don't even understand that cake requires bread. Uh, you know, just It's a layered kind of commentary on the distance of the affluent and the 1%. Out-of-touch out of with reality. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the Let Them Eat Cake story had been floating around for years before 1789, which is allegedly when it happened in the, the Revolution. Revolution. It was first told in a slightly different form <laughs> – um, about Marie-Therese. Terese, ter- I can never do these right. Teresa. Teresa. No, it's Spanish. <laughs> so the Spanish princess who married King Louis the Fourteenth in 1660. So there's actually a report of this being said 129 years what prior. What year was it? 1660. Year of our Lord. 17th century and a year of our Lord. She allegedly suggested that the French people eat la coute de pâté, or the crust of the pâté. That was really good. Thank uh, you. Was, um, French, over the you next... Over, so she allegedly had said about the French that, like, you know, oh, they they must eat the crust of the pâté. Like, it's the food there, obviously, they What's have access. Pate? Pâté is... Um, Ryan, you probably explain it
0: more literal than I can. Goose liver, heavily pulverized Just and turned into a kind of... Not froth, but more of a mousse. It's a goose exactly. mousse. It's yeah. a goose mousse. Goose mousse. So...
2: Over the next century, several other 18th century royals were also blamed for their mark, including two aunts of Louis XVI. Most famously, the philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau, yes, Rousseau, mm-hmm. included the Pate story in his Confessions, which is a book called Confessions, in 1766. was still, still 33 years prior, 23 years prior, excuse me, to allegedly Marie Antoinette. It was also most certainly not Marie Antoinette who at the time Rousseau was writing was only 10 years old, three years away from marrying the (laughs) French prince and eight years from becoming the queen. So this quote existed when she was a kid. So anyway, there's a lot of reasons it wasn't her. This
0: one stupid person is getting pinned on you, by the way. It just
2: uses a general commentary of aristocracy and has been over time attributed to Marie Antoinette. So she probably didn't even say that line. And whatever the line about the food peasants she eat being disconnected from what the reality is, was not even her. Um, the other big one is Neil Armstrong. Now this one was interesting because Ryan and I literally had completely different ideas of what the misquotation was. Ryan, you want to say first what you thought it was?
0: So my, well, inter- actually, let me
2: get mine. Cause yours is closer. Yours is actually closer to the
0: actual debate. So we'll what, say the, the actual line that yeah. is commonly known. Right. So now.
1: So what we know is, uh, it's one small yeah. step for man. It's one, one giant, giant leap, leap for, for mankind. mankind. Very famous Yeehaw. first
2: words on the moon. Yeet, and I, I had always been under the impression that Just kicks, buzz he misremembered what he was going to say and had to correct himself, that he was going to say something along the lines of, this is one giant leap for man. And he went, there's one small step for, you know, he's like, oh, crap. And then he goes, one giant leap for mankind. Kind of a little free jazz with the first words on the moon, right? Yeah, flute on the moon. So that's what I had always thought totally wrong.
0: That's not even close. Ryan, what did you say? So what I have read or interpreted is he was trying to say that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Because without that little article, unfortunately, English works that way. When you don't have a certain article there, it's just like a qualifier. Um, it the sentence doesn't make sense. It just sounds more profound, but syntactically, it does not make sense. Um, what happened by my understanding of it was that, as you was saying, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for out. mankind. Yes, the transmission cut off for a brief second.
1: I, I'm gonna say this. I'm ninety percent sure i'm I'm pretty sure that. In the movie First Man starring Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. Which I have but not they, seen and I want to. It's, it's pretty good. They, um, Damien Chazelle, guy to Whiplash. Check it out. Um, I'm pretty sure they cover this inside the film as well. And it was very similar to what you were saying. So this is where things get interesting.
2: Neil claims that he did say A and yeah. that there was a static cut. Audio experts totally disagree across the board. There's actually some controversy over it. But for the most part, audio experts say nope. It's not true. They looked, and so in two thousand six, Peter Shan Ford, a computer program from Sydney, Australia, ran his own analysis. He was known for creating tech for paralyzed, differently abled people, et cetera, just various people who need um, the ability to communicate via software. And so he claimed he did his own analysis and said, "No, he did say a," and I, I, my analysis says that he did. In 2009, the BBC reported on this again. And this time, linguist John Allison and author Chris Riley approached it with higher quality recordings and basically went through with their own fine-tooth comb. And they, they claim it absolutely proves he did not say A. So there is some debate about this. It seems to lean towards he might have just forgotten to say it. He very much claims, he's
0: like, I said it, it cut out, but memory, as we know, is a fickle thing. I was going to say, like, how could you forget to say the word a, but then I thought about, you're, going you're on literally the, moon, the, is first the first person, person to step yeah, on the you, you're, you're It's a whole
1: nervous. new precedent. You are changing the world as we know this it. Is gonna sound like with a, one step. He
0: could have been attacked by a moon might as
2: Absolutely. far as he knew. Look, look at this way. The moon is going to sound like a humble brag, but it's not because I was totally screwed up. When I get my TEDx talk at Tulane, you literally watch it. There's like a part like Wait 90 seconds that. in. Well, no, like 90 seconds in, Where you stopped and I just stopped. Yourself? Yeah. and I had to like, you like literally see me look down, like kind of shake my head a little bit and get back in. I like, I literally I stopped talking it. for about 10 seconds.
1: I know. I noticed it. And, and, and I, I was inches away from
2: walking off stage. This really? is anything. I, oh, I, I thought I'd lost it. I thought it was gone. It just poof. It all disappears. Like it just, the nerves got to me and you just stop. I've watched comedians go on stage and they're like about to do, and they're like, I, I watched this, a comedy competition with a comedy central rep there at my college. And the guy gets up and he's like, when he literally goes so many jokes and I can't remember any of them. And he just like, he's like, sorry. And walks off stage.
0: Greg, like tons of people do it stage. fright, man. You had a great TEDx talk you did. and I very much oh, enjoyed thank you. it, but I would have almost enjoyed it more if not equally at the Uh-oh. very least. Uh-oh. If you had just walked up on stage threw up a little bit in your mouth and let a little bit fall on the floor and then walked <laughs> off stage afterwards.
2: <laughs> well, call it performance art. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, <laughs> so you, know, you know how you combat that? You just be like me, where you just talk nonsense and bullshit all the time. Whatever comes out, it comes out. You know, there's a, there's a famous quote that I like to say is that sometimes I start a sentence, I don't even know where it's going. <laughs> Ryan, you know who said that? No. <laughs> Michael Scott. I knew it. Oh. You son of a I bitch. Got him. Uh,
2: oh. Is that, you got any more, Greg? Or is that it? No, those are the big two I covered. I, I, I rightly guessed we'd go longer than we thought we would. So, yeah. uh, we, I had another one. We were looking at some George Washington ones, but it, I just didn't like the road it was going down. So.
0: All right. So, uh, Greg, you want to round us out of how people can reach us if they're not already listening to us? First off, thank you all for checking out the live stream who did.
2: Uh, for those who didn't, uh, well, there's a couple jokes <sighs> that are getting cut out, just letting you know. Yeah, fact. So, um, Thank you all for listening. As always, took rumor that flies penalty shot for nothing. Oh yeah. Josh had to take it off air. Uh, That's how he I, shot. I okay. So rumor flies podcast.com as usual, please head on over to patreon.com slash rumor to contribute to the show. We've been doing a lot of awesome. I think awesome content. We got our app sections. We got the bonus episode every month. We got all kinds of fun stuff coming through there. If you, by the way, if you do that, please let us know any ideas you have or if you're enjoying or don't like a part of it. Uh, you can find us at rumor flies on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash rumor We just started the rumor mill. Our uh, little Facebook group, um, just look for the rumor mill. Uh, i posted on the Facebook group too. Message us if you can't find it. Uh, it's a discussion page. Uh, I, I actually should have known this, but there's like kind of discussion. And there's group pages, and I didn't really always understand the difference, but discussion is very much like when you post, everyone sees it. Group pages are very much brand out and there's like the discussion's not really there unless you're in the comment sections. So, uh, head over to the rumor mill. We've been having a lot of fun over there having like fun, just like impromptu polls and jokes and sharing articles and sharing our barbecue
0: recipes. Yeah. You
2: know, I'm sure we got to put Ryan, uh, got to get him putting some good stuff up there. So, um, What else? That's most of our stuff. I'm going to set up a MySpace page one day. I'm just
0: going to do it. Leave us a goddamn review on iTunes. Yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Graphically five stars, but you know. Mm -hmm.
2: We're over 100 reviews. Thank you all so much for all doing that. Uh, We do read every single one of them. We read the feedback. Uh, It's critical to helping the show grow and how we can improve it. Uh, So I think that about covers it.
0: So for this episode of Rumor Flies, I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. I'm Greg. Bye. Thanks for making my editing harder.